You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to Yankee Stadium. We have reached the second round of our 48-team tournament, the Throwback League. I'm Josh Lewin. The one, two, three, and four seeds get to play now, get to play their first games. And today we are taking a number two. Well, so to speak, anyway, the two seed from the upper left bracket, the 78 Bronx Zoo New York Yankees will entertain the 1974 Oakland Athletics. A battle of not only World Series champions, it is a battle of Reggie Jacksons. This is the crazy universe of the throwback league. In 1974, Reggie was in right field for the A's. Of course, by 78, he was in right field for the Yankees. That is when he wasn't in the doghouse of manager Billy Martin. Let's start with the visitors, though, in this battle of teams who each went to three World Series straight. The 74 Oakland A's were indeed in the final year of Charlie Finley's three-year World Series dynasty. And Oakland was the epicenter of the sporting world that year. The Golden State Warriors would win their only NBA championship for a good long time in that 74-75 season. The Raiders knocked off the two-time defending champion Dolphins in one of the most exciting playoff games in NFL history. But like everyone else in those days, the Raiders and Warriors, they were second fiddle to the A's, whose rallying cry for the year was once more in 74. And when you look at it, not a lot jumps out at you when it comes to the 74 A's compared to the 72 and 73 teams. The novelty of that mustache gang had worn off a little bit. And they were hardly dominant in 74. Only three world champions have posted a lower winning percentage than the 556 mark put up by the 74 A's. They were no hit by Dick Bosman of Cleveland, who, were it not for his own error in the fourth inning, would have had a perfect game. I've heard it said that familiarity breeds contempt, and that was probably true with the players on that 74 Oakland team, a lot of whom had been together since the Kansas City days. One not-so-familiar face belonged to Alvin Dart, brought in to replace Dick Williams. Williams, with the three AL West crowns, two World Series wins, resigned after the 73 Fall Classic that pretty much had his fill of Charlie Finley. And as a reward for his efforts, his former boss denied him the chance to take a job with the Yankees since he was still under contract. There were some who wondered if the soft-spoken, Bible-quoting Alvin Dark could take the heat that uh, Dick Williams really fanned off so well for those three very tumultuous years that he had in Oakland. Now, Finley had tried to fire Dark in 67, one of 10 managers in as many seasons to receive the, the pink slip from Charlie Finley. And at the press conference to reannounce the hiring, Charlie Finley said, yes, I fired Alvin once. Yes, he can expect to be fired again someday. Not exactly a vote of confidence. As the A's broke for camp, it wasn't the new manager that was on the players' minds. It was the rings they received for having defeated the Mets the previous October. Finley had promised a more luxurious product if the team repeated as champions, but these rings didn't even have diamonds. It was a cheap imitation stone, but uh, he did make sure to inscribe his favorite motto, S plus S equals S, or sweat plus sacrifice equals success. His players had their own definition. Privately, they said shit plus shit equals shit. Finley's latest innovation, the designated runner, was added to the mix in 74 with Herb Washington, the world-class sprinter. 
And that was an important roster spot. Not a lot of the Oakland uh, teammates of Herb Washington was glad that he was part of it. But they would win the West, clinching in late September, holding off Kansas City. The ALCS featured the A's and the O's in somewhat of a playoff rubber match. The Orioles had swept three straight from Oakland in 71. The A's got their revenge with a five-game victory two years later. Catfish Hunter, 25-12, 2 ERA, got the Cy Young that year. Had some big performances, shut out of the Orioles in the, the previous season's deciding game. But the Orioles were in flying high. Ten-game winning streak as the playoffs began. They jumped on Catfish for three home runs and a 6-3 win. The A's struck back with consecutive shutouts, the first by Ken Holtzman, then by Vida Blue, who made Sal Bando's solo shot in the fourth inning stand up. Two-hitter for Vida Blue, and there they were knocking at the door for a third straight year. Catfish back on the bump for game four in Baltimore, and he delivered with seven innings of scoreless ball. Raleigh Fingers struck out Don Baylor to end it, so the A's were off to another World Series, this time against the upstart L.A. Dodgers. And how to get up for the young and cocky Dodgers? Do it Oakland style, because in a three-day span, that was pretty wacko even by, by Oakland standards. Former second baseman Mike Andrews had sued Charlie Finley for $2.5 million for what had happened in the 73 World Series. Catfish charged the owner with a breach of contract, and uh, Fingers and Odom brawled on the evening of Game 1, which naturally was won by the A's, who usually just kind of shrugged off any kind of adversity. Reggie homered in that first game. Hunter relieved Fingers, not so normal, to save that win, and from there, they were off and running. They did get their third consecutive World Series win. Around the majors in 74, two notable personal milestones achieved. April 8th, Hank Aaron with a 715th career home run. And Aaron would end up finish with, uh, finishing with 755, you may know. Second milestone of 74 of some note came in September when Lou Brock got his 105th stolen base of the year. That off Dick Ruthven and Bob Boone of the Phillies. That set the old Maury Wills record asunder. And Lou Brock would end up stealing 118, a record that would stand until 82 when, yeah, the A's Ricky Henderson stole 130. Quickly get to some pop culture here in 74. Besides this music, a lot of Jim Croce, a lot of Steve Miller Band, John Denver and Gordon Lightfoot, among others. And Charles Douglas, who was Kung Fu fighting. On TV, Stanford and Son, Chico and the Man, Hawaii Five-O, and Maud. At the movies, The Sting with Robert Redford took home the Oscar for Best Picture, somehow edging Herbie the Love Bug rides again as Freebie and the Bean. The starting lineup now for the 90-win Oakland A's of 1974. Billy North leads it off. He's in center. Gene Tennis at first. Reggie Jackson in right. Joe Rudy in left. Sal Bando's at third. Burt Campy Campanera's a shortstop. They're going to roll with Angel Mengual as a DH. Ray Fossey's the catcher. Dick Green, the second baseman, batting number nine. Vita Blue on the mound in this one. He started three All-Star games in his big league career. One of them will be in 1978. So... Let's surge to the home team now. Get you to 78. As colorful a cast of characters as those mid-70s A's teams. The Bronx Zoo was the title of Sparky Lyle's autobiographical account of that season. and That was the right title. Let us start out our memories of the 78 Yankees with thoughts from the Hall of Fame, former voice of Sunday Night Baseball. Here's John Miller. In 1978, the Yankees went to the World Series for the third year in a row and won it for the second year in a row, but uh, their whole season and their many accomplishments, and they were great accomplishments, overshadowed by the, the Billy Martin-Reggie Jackson battle. 
And, uh, you know, they had those moments uh, where, where Billy uh, sort of uh, showed Reggie up by removing him from a game, and a nationally televised game, no less, after Reggie had gone back to right field to start an inning, and he sent somebody else out there. And then they started to have a fight in, in, the, in the dugout on national television and had to be separated. Uh, and then Billy made the comment uh, uh, that, you know, Reggie and George Steinbrenner deserved each other. Uh, one was a liar and one was a convicted uh, liar, or whatever the quote was. <laughs> and so uh, Billy, in effect, fired himself at that point. So that right. was pretty much the end of Billy Martin. And Bob Lemon was brought in, and he was a, a great Hall of Fame pitcher and uh, an advisor to George Steinbrenner. And... Uh, it, it looked like they were going nowhere because uh, what, they were 14 games out in, in July. And, uh, and yet they made the great comeback. The Red Sox collapsed down the stretch. And then they beat the Red Sox in that playoff game. Bucky Dent, or as they call him in Boston, Bucky Bleeping Dent. And, uh, uh, you know, for the, the, the family aspect of yeah. your podcast here. But, uh, uh, and then they went on and beat the Dodgers. So, uh, uh Kudos to Bob Lemon, who yeah. uh, they said it couldn't be done and that that team was, but he was the guy, not the legendary Billy Martin. He was the guy who managed that team in one of the great comebacks in a pennant race of all time. Thanks, John. Yeah, Billy Martin would be replaced by Bob Lemon that season, a little past halfway through. And through it all, they needed that 14-game push that John mentioned to get to the one-game playoff at Fenway and win it when Dent hit the three-run home, three home run deep to left into the screen on top of the monster. From there, it was Ron Guidry, 25-3 uh, during the season, the most talked about guy, 248 strikeouts, 1.74 ERA, unanimous Cy Young. Goose Gossage was brought in to light a fire under Sparky Lyle, and indeed, it was Goose that won the Rolaids Relief Man of the Year Award, led the AL in saves. Sparky still pitched well and wrote a best-selling tell-all book. Billy Martin fired, then tabbed to get rehired down the line in a very weird in-season twist. And during Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium late July, the public address announcer Bob Shepard introduced Billy Martin to the crowd, announced that he'd be back to manage in 1980. And Billy actually returned ahead of schedule in June of 79, was fired again four months later after a fight in Minnesota. So he ends up, of all places, in Oakland instead in 1980, where he brought Billy Ball to Northern California, rode that starting rotation to death, and stealing bases as often as possible. But... As John Miller alluded to, uh, the Bob Lemon thing gets a lot of credit for that big kick to the finish line in 78. They went 47-20 and 20 down the stretch, won the World Series for a second straight year, both times, over the Dodgers. The Yankees, after getting that winner-take-all game at Fenway, beat the Royals three games to one, despite George Brett's three-home run game in Game 3. The Yankees sealed it in Game 4 on homers from Greg Nettles and Roy White, Guidry outdueling Dennis Leonard. The Fall Classic saw the aforementioned Bucky Dent with the MVP award after the Dodgers had actually won the first two games, but the Yankees ripped off four straight. Guidry over Don Sutton in Game 3, Lou Pinella lined a walk-off single in Game 4, young Jim Beatty, a complete game to help him win Game 5, and they would clinch in Game 6 when, among other things, Reggie Jackson homered off Bob Welch. There were some memorable confrontations between Reggie Jackson and Bob Welch in that World Series. Around the majors in 78, your MVPs were Jim Rice and Dave Parker. A couple sluggers, your rookies of the year, Lou Whitaker for the Tigers, Bob Horner for the Braves. 
In terms of uh, notable things from that season, Pete Rose with that 44-game hitting streak. It started June 14th against uh, the Chicago Cubs. A couple days after that, Tom Seaver finally got his no-hitter. Not as a Met, but as a Red. He got it done against the Cardinals. Five days later, Guidry with 18 strikeouts. He had 15 in six innings, actually. 4 nothing shutout of the Angels. And we mentioned he went on to go 25-3. and all the losses that year were to lefties named Mike. He lost to Mike Will, uh, Willis. He lost to Mike Caldwell. He lost to Mike Flanagan. Those were the, the three losses. The Boston Massacre, as it was uh, known very soon after it happened, that began uh, September 7th for the Yankees. Red Sox were up four, and then very quickly that was wiped out because the Yankees would win that first game 15-3 uh, to and go on to sweep the series with scores a lot like that. Pop culture in 78. Why not? A couple of notable movies came out regarding baseball. The Bad News Bears were off to Japan in the third and worst of those movies. LeVar Burton starred in One in a Million, the made-for-TV movie about outfielder Ron LaFleur. Little-known fact, the guy who played LaFleur's little brother in that movie was the same guy who played the flaming Trilam Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds about 10 years later. True story. The big summer blockbuster in 78, that was John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in Greece. Animal House came out as well. We learned that fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Robin Williams began his manic career saying Nanu, Nanu on TV a lot. Love Boat and Fantasy Island ruled weekend television. And uh, commercials for Lowenbrow seemed to play a lot during sporting events. Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. Today is kind of special for the 78 Yankees taking on the 74 A's, and here's their starting lineup for, uh, let's say, Bob Lemon and not Billy Martin for this 100-win New York Yankee team. Mick the Quick leads it off. Mickey Rivers in center. Willie Randolph's in second. Thurman Munson catching. Reggie Jackson's in right. Lou Pinella in left. Chris Chambliss at first. Greg Nettles at third. Roy White will DH bat eighth. Bucky Dent is the shortstop batting number nine. And on the mound, it'll be Ed Figueroa, who won his 20th game of the season right at the end of September. That clinched a tie for the ALE's title in 78. Figueroa, the only native Puerto Rican to win 20 games in a major league season. Also has all five vowels in his last name if you're scoring at home. This year, the second best Yankee starter behind Guidry. 29 years old, mentioned 20 wins, 9 losses, 2.99 ERA. We are ready for baseball here at Yankee Stadium. Pleasant night, no rain in the forecast, few clouds overhead. And it looks like Ed Figueroa and Billy North are set now. Bill North, a Seattle-born switch hitter, 260 batter this year. Four home runs, 33 runs batted in. He takes high, ball one. We are underway. Now defensively, the Yankees have Pinella in left, Rivers in center, Jackson in right field. Up the middle, Randolph and Dent at second and short, Nettles at third, Chambliss at first. Pitch is in for a strike, it's one and one. Bill North, a very ineffective hitter in postseason play. Two World Series, two ALCSs, one National League Championship Series, 20 games. He was three for 59. Pitch coming to him, swinging a ground ball towards short. There's Bucky Dent gliding to his right, loads and fires to first in time. There's one out. You've got to move quickly to get the fast Billy North, 54 steals. 
Here's the right hand batting Gene Tennis who hit only 211 in 1974 but 26 home runs and he walked 110 times. He takes high for ball one. Ed Figueroa originally signed with the Mets is a 17 year old free agent back in 66 seemed to be on his way to the majors when called to take a draft physical in Puerto Rico and after three weeks away from his team in Raleigh Durham is where the Mets minor league team was he hurt his arm his first game back Figueroa deals low 2 and 0 to Gene Tennis the Mets released Figueroa he joined the Marines spent the following year in Vietnam and then in 1970 signed with the Giants Pitch is swung on a foul to the right side of this three-tiered ballpark about halfway up two and one the count Figueroa former angel future Ranger will somehow go 0 and 7 for the Rangers and he'll end his career in Oakland just one start for the A's in 81 reuniting with Billy Martin but it did not go well and he was out of pro ball at the age of 32 here's the pitch Swung on and laced up the alley in left center field. That's going to drop and get to the wall. This should be a double, sure enough. Ball played back in by Lou Pinella. And it's a double here with one out for Gene Tennis in the top of the first. Now we mentioned Tennis doesn't really hit for average, but he does get to the extra base hit. Speaking of which, here's Reggie Jackson now. As an Oakland A. Reggie Jackson is also in right field. We remind you for the Yankees here. But Jackson for the A's in 74. 289 a hitter, 29 homers, 93 runs batted in. Wears number nine on his back. The Sports Illustrated cover story to describe what it was like when he was at the plate. Reggie said, everyone is helpless and in awe. And that was pretty much right in 78. A sizzling start. Or check that in the 74. Got my Reggie's mixed up here. It was in 74 that uh, Time Magazine came a calling, featuring the Super Duper Star on its cover, too. Pitch to him as a strike, it's nothing in one. Now, Reggie was kind of helpless to the injuries that would slow him down for a lot of the 74 season. Just two days after the time the story hit the newsstands, Reggie and Bill North. Got into a wrestling match before a game against the Tigers. Jackson hurt his shoulder. Ray Fossey got hurt in that as well. Now the pitch. Swing ground ball towards second base. Slowly hit. Tennis will go to third. And the throw over to first base in time. Reggie Jackson is out. But now two away. Joe Rudy with an opportunity. 293 batter. 22 home runs. Actually had more runs batted in than Reggie this year. Again, there was a difference in games played, but Rudy 99 of them, Jackson 93. Right-hand batter with a big uh, big sideburns will take in a tie. It's 1-0. Runner at third, two out, no score. Joe Rudy hit as high as 309 in 1970. Actually led the American League in hits that year. Quick glance at the runner off at third. Now the pitch to Rudy. Chopped on the ground towards second base. Third hop is played by Willie Randolph. Shuttles it over to first in time. And that's the inning. For the A's with a mild threat, they do not score. Leave a runner at third base. Yankees coming up, but first, as the 1974 Oakland A's have been turned away, we pause for this.
McDonald's Big Mac, it's more than just another hamburger. There are two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun. Seven great ingredients working together to make one great taste. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Get the idea? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. It's your McDonald's Big Mac. You've got to taste it to believe it, you know what I mean? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all-beef patties... Let me say a few words about McDonald's Big Mac. It's a, it's, it's... Two whole beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two whole... Well, what, what was that word again? Two whole beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. That is cheese, cheese, pickles, onions, lettuce, cheese, pickles, oh, what am I saying? You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Where your dollar gets a break. Every day. Ah, yes, very 74-ish right there. And you know, since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world with responsibly sourced ingredients and handcrafted coffees and teas. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other, and now available for a limited time. Try their new tiramisu ice blended or peach jasmine cold brew tea. Vita Blue is on the mound, the left-hander here for the A's, 17 and 15 here in 74. 3.25 ERA, the highest ERA among the A's pie of starters. And remember, 1974, the first year of the DH, it's supposed to be tougher to pitch this year, not easier. Others in the Oakland rotation, wow. Cy Young winner, Catfish Hunter, future Yankee. Two lefties, Holtzman and Dave Hamilton. That young Glenn Abbott in there as a fifth starter. His ERA was three on the button. But Vita Blue out of Southern University back in Louisiana. See, the Yankees have their Louisiana-born lefty and Ron Guidry. But in Vita Blue, the A's have a man who ultimately will win a 209 big league games. Most of them for the two Bay Area teams. He spent nine years in Oakland, six in San Francisco. Two-year stint in Kansas City wedged in there as well. Not a lot of postseason success for Blue. Ten postseason starts in his career. Only one win. That in this year's ALCS. We mentioned that two-hit complete gamer. Six-time All-Star, won the Cy Young in 71. And he'll face Mickey Rivers, who doesn't really walk to the plate, more of a slow shuffle to get up there. Lefty swinger hit 265 this year. That number was 326 the year before. And the eyeball's a strike. It's nothing in one. Rivers, a former Angel. He was with Ed Figueroa in that deal to the Yankees, heading into the 76 season. That for Bobby Bonds. Figueroa won 19 games. Rivers had the career year. Pitch is high, one and one to Mick the Quick. Rivers wearing number 17 on that pinstriped Yankee uniform. Oakland's uniforms, green from head to toe. Green caps with a yellow bill, quite the juxtaposition against the classic Yankee pinstripes as the pitch rides outside, two and one. Mickey Rivers, the inadvertent quote machine. Ain't no sense worrying about the things you got control over, because if you got control over them, ain't no sense worrying. And ain't no sense worrying about the things you don't got control over, because if you don't got control over them, ain't no sense worrying. Right? Here's the pitch. Fastball swung on, and out towards center it goes. Should be easy pickings. Billy North right there. He's got it. One away. No score, bottom of the first inning. Here's Willie Randolph, the youngest Yankee at age 23. 
279 a hitter, three home runs, 42 runs batted in. 82 walks to only 51 strikeouts. For a guy this young, that is well done. Then he takes low in the dirt, one and out. The A's defensively, that's Fossey doing the catching. Gene Tennis at first. Dick Green's at second. Campanaris at short. Bando at third. We mentioned the outfielders, Rudy, North, and Jackson. Now the pitch. Grounder towards third. Booted by Bando. Right off his right knee. And Willie Randolph is safe. He's a threat to run now, too. 36 stolen bases. So one on, one out. On a misplay by Sal Bando over at the old hot corner. Here's Thurman Munson, the Yankee catcher. The Yankee captain, too. 297 batter, the team's heart and soul, who was Rookie of the Year in 1970, MVP in 76. Former athletic himself, kind of. When he was tearing up the Cape Cod League in his college years, his team was the Chatham A's. And to this day now, the Thurman Munson Batting Award is given each season to that league's batting champion every summer. Pitch to him, fouled right at the plate, nothing in one. Randolph, the runner at first. But right now, at the plate, Munson. Seven-time All-Star, that runs starting in 71. When aside from all his hitting, he made just one error all year. That was when the Orioles' Andy Echebarren knocked him unconscious at home plate, and Munson dropped the ball as he blacked out. Taking here, it's called a strike on the outside corner, nothing in two. Well, here in 78, when the Yankees and Royals got together for the third straight time in the ALCS, game three this year, tied at a game apiece. It was 5-4, bottom of the eighth, Yankees behind. That's when Thurman Munson hit the longest home run of his career. 475-footer off Doug Bird over Monument Park in left center. That was the difference. Yankees won that game 6-5. Now the pitch. Swing, foul, tip. It's caught. It's strike three. Nice job by Ray Fossey, the catcher, able to cling to that third strike. And now once again, we get to check out Reggie Jackson, this time as a Yankee. With two down, a runner on. Reggie Jackson, who doesn't always see eye-to-eye eye with the man who just struck out. Reggie now 32 years old, 274 batter, 27 home runs. He and Greg Nettles tied for the Yankees' home run lead this year, and he takes outside 1-0. A tumultuous relationship between not just Jackson and Munson, but Jackson and Billy Martin, too. July 17th. With the Yankees in fourth place at that point, it all came to a head during a home game with the Royals. Score tied in the bottom of the 10th, Munson at first. Martin sent Jackson to the plate with orders to lay down a bunt as the pitchers fouled to the right field seats, one and one. Jackson did try to bunt the first pitch, but he failed. Martin then relayed to Dick Hauser, the third base coach, that Jackson should swing. Hauser passed it on, but Jackson ignored Hauser, tried another bunt. Then another bunt attempt, he fouled out to the catcher. Martin re removed Reggie Jackson from the game suspended him. And George Steinbrenner was on Billy's side. He actually worked that suspension from one day to five. He has the pitchers outside two and one. Now Reggie returned the, to the team in Chicago. Didn't take batting practice. Stayed on the bench for much of the game. And Billy Martin commented in a post-game interview at the Chicago airport that... <laughs> 
regarding Jackson and Steinbrenner. He said one's a born liar, the other's convicted. And that didn't sit very well because Billy Martin soon got fired right after that. Pitches outside, three and one the count. Dick Hauser ended up being the acting manager for one game right after that. 5-2 loss at Kansas City on Monday Night Baseball on ABC. That's when Bob Lemon arrived as manager for the rest of the year. Pitch coming to Reggie. Rolls it on the ground towards first. Gene Tennis right near the line. He'll tiptoe to the bag, touch up, and that's the inning. So the Yankees do not score. No score at the end of one. The 78 Yankees turned away. Let's keep it here in 78. You know, a lot of people think Billy and I argue all the time. Actually, we agree on just about everything, right, Bill? Yeah, you betcha, George. We even drink the same beer. Light beer from Miller. Light's got a third less calories than the regular beer, and it's less filling. And the best thing is it tastes so great. No, George, the best thing is less filling. No, Bill, it tastes great. Less filling, George. Billy, it tastes great. Less filling, George. Billy? Yeah, George. You're fired. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. Sal Bando will lead things off for the A's of 74 here. We're at Yankee Stadium. Nothing, nothing, top two. Bando taking inside from Ed Figueroa, 1-0. Bando, 30 years old, 22 homers this year. Captain of the Oakland team. Ended up with a 16-year Major League career, four-time All-Star. He takes a strike at the knees, 1-1. One one. Bando, the kind of guy that does the little things very well. Actually led the majors in sacrifice flies here in 74. Another one of these A's players with more walks and strikeouts. Pitch comes, a swing and a base hit in the right center field. Right between the first baseman and second baseman. Willie Randolph gave it a little lunge but couldn't knock it down. So with a single, the A's get things going. Here's Burt Campanaris, 32-year-old right-hand batter. 290 hitter, couple of home runs. Cuban-born. Six-time American League stolen base leader. He takes low. It's 1-0. When the A's moved to Oakland from Kansas City in 68, that was probably Campy's finest year. Led the league in hits and steals. Oakland right now is so deep in the middle infield. They've got Ted Kubiak, Del Maxville at the end of his career. Got a 23-year-old Manny Trio and a 25-year-old Phil Garner. As the pitch is very high, it's 2-0. Campanaris has popped for a small player. His Major League debut, he hit two home runs. One of them, the first pitch he ever saw, that was from Jim Cott. And he takes here inside 3-0. All of a sudden, Figueroa's all over the place. One on, nobody out, no score. And Campy Campanaris will finish his career with these Yankees in 83 after a run with the Rangers and Angels before that. Figueroa's pitch is outside ball four. So it's two on, nobody out. And here's Angel Mengual. 233 batter, nine homers, getting the start over the lefty here, but that's a 19-year-old lefty. Claude L. Washington left on the bench by Alvin Dark in this big game. Mengual hitless in his last 17 postseason at bats. Getting in sparingly in all three of the A's World Series, 72 through 74. It takes a strike, nothing in one. Like Figueroa out there on the mound, Mangual, native Puerto Rican. 
Broke in with the Pirates, learning from the late great Roberto Clemente. And then Gual takes outside here. It's one and one. Mangual not much bigger than Campaneras who's over there running at first. He is a bit older than the 12-year-old uh, the bat boy and clubhouse attendant, the A's employee back in Oakland, Stanley Burrell, who grew up to be MC Hammer. The nickname of Hammer bestowed upon him by Pedro Garcia of the Brewers, who thought Burrell looked like the Hall of Fame slugger Hank Aaron. Here's a pitch to Mangual. Swing and a high drive. This ball deep to left, going back into the corner. Is it up? Is it out? It is! It's a home run! Three-run home run! Barely over that wall in the left field corner. Wow! Angel Mangual is the man who puts the A's on top with a three-run shot. Mangual did hit nine of his career 22 home runs in this 1974 season. And this one just fair, just over the wall, just enough distance. 3-0 A's, and here's Ray Fossey, right-hand batter, who hit just 196 this year, four home runs. He takes a strike, nothing in one. Ray Fossey, born in Marion, Illinois, where he grew up listening to the Cardinals on the radio, considered Stan Musial his favorite player. And, of course, was a notable participant in the final play of the All-Star Game in 1970, the violent collision with Pete Rose at home plate. Pitch is low here. It's 1-1. One Of course, a great irony much later when Rose was incarcerated in federal prison. You know where that prison was located? It was Marion, Illinois. <laughs> Bossy's own hometown. Figueroa's pitch. Cut on and skied towards right, not deep. Reggie Jackson in. And he makes the catch. There's the first out of the inning. But three runs in already. 3-0 for the 74 A's. Here is Dick Green, number nine batter, hitting 213. Right-hand batter who chokes up a good two inches on that bat. He takes outside 1-0. Two homers, 22 runs batted in, two steals. Not a lot of stats for Dick Green, who was born in Iowa, raised in South Dakota. And the pitch on the way to him. It's blasted into left center. That ball taking off and rolling. It'll get all the way to the base of the wall, all the way out there where it's Death Valley. And here comes Green around second on his way to third. Relay throw heading towards third base. It's too late. Greg Nettles trying to block the bag, but in with a cloud of dust around him. There is Dick Green with a one-out triple. And yeah, that vast expanse in left center in front of the monuments. That's where you can triple up a storm here at Yankee Stadium for sure. Here's Bill North, top of the order. He let off the game with a ground out. Tough guy to get when you allow him to run. One of the great stolen basemen of the 1970s. Green down the line at third. And the pitch on the way to North. Swing a slow roller towards shortstop. Here comes Bucky Dent throwing on the run towards first base. He barely got him. Run scores from third. It's now four to nothing. Now at least the bases are clear now. But boy, it looks like Ken Clay is going to get up in the bullpen. Figueroa just doesn't really seem to have it here in the second inning. And here is Tennis, American League All-Star in 75. He was a World Series MVP in 72. 
And he will take outside from Figueroa, 1-0. Tennis leading the American League in walks this year. He'll lead the National League in walks in 77. It's a guy with five different 20 home run seasons. And he caught Vita Blues no hitter. Remember, tennis can absolutely catch as well as play first base and pretty much all over the place. That no hitter in 1970. Figueroa deals outside 2 0. 4 0. The 74 A's have the lead. Figueroa has a sign he wants here. And the pitch. Conked in the air towards right center. Mickey Rivers on the move. Still moving, still moving. It is off the end of his glove. And Billy North, who had to hold up at first, he'll get on to third. It's going to be two on and one out. Wow, what a break. They're going to call that an error on Mickey Rivers. He was gliding towards it. And then it just seemed to curl a little bit. And he lunged at the last moment. It ticked off the end of his glove. So here now is Reggie Jackson. Already a three-run homer in this inning, by the way. And Reggie's got a chance to park one here. One-time second-round pick in the first-ever Major League draft back in 66. Mets had the first pick. They took the high school catcher, Steve Chilcott. <laughs> Here's the pitch. It's a strike. It's nothing in one. And here in 78 is when Reggie's candy bar came out. A Reese's peanut butter cup looking thing in a bright orange wrapper. Reggie bars have been a good sense of humor in that they were a good source of humor in that Yankee clubhouse this year. The best line may be coming from Catfish Hunter who said when you unwrap a Reggie bar it tells you how good it is. As a pitch sails outside 2-1 and one from Figueroa. Doesn't seem to have command of that changeup at all. Sal Bando on deck. And you know, equal time here, you know, with all this talk about infighting and managerial disagreements with Reggie here in New York, that was a thing in Oakland in 74, too. Things boiling over after an 11-inning loss at Fenway, June 20th. It was a game the players felt Alvin Dark kind of gave away. And in the clubhouse afterwards, Sal Bando said for reporters to hear, he couldn't manage a meat market. And Raleigh Fingers chimed in. He couldn't manage a marbles tournament. 4-0 for Alvin Dark's ASO right now. And the pitch on the way to Reggie Jackson. Swing high, fly ball, deep right field. There it goes. The other Reggie Jackson turns and can only watch. Home run. Three-run shot. Reggie Jackson homers over Reggie Jackson to make it 7-0 for the 74 A's. Oh, it looks like Bob Lemon's going to come out now. Why not? This is a seven-run top of the second inning. Ed Figueroa just lost it. He's going to end up giving up six hits, one walk, seven runs, and an inning and a third as Ken Clay will come on now. And as he warms up, let's revisit what Ray Fossey told us about this 74 Oakland team, chatting with the great Ray Fossey right now. So it was, it was a matter of everybody thought that we were going to win. And let's not forget that was the last year that Catfish Hunter was with the Athletics before he became a free agent at the end of that season and signed with the New York Yankees. So to win the World Series, the third consecutive World Series, and to beat the Dodgers in five games, culminating in the fifth game, the final game at the Coliseum. And, of course, 
the biggest play there was the late Billy Buckner hitting a ball to right center. I remember asking Reggie Jackson, I said, of all your great memories of your career, what stands out? And he said, in 1974, Game 5 of the World Series, when I picked up a ball that had gotten past Billy North, I threw to where I knew Dick Green was going to be. Dick Green turned and made a perfect strike to Sal Bando at third to get Billy Buckner leading off the inning. So he was thrown out at third. So here's Mr. October, great home run hitter, talked about a defensive play. But I think the most memorable part was winning that World Series and for me personally having won in 1973 my first World Series and to back it up in 1974 to win it again. But I think especially since I was injured, I had a cervical fusion, actually a cervical injury, uh, six five vertebrae in my neck was shattered, and Dr. Charles Wilson operated on me. I was back playing again. And so for me to be able to play in the division or the league championship series at the time, five games, then to play in the World Series, to me that was the thing that stood out more than anything about the 1974 season and the World Series. Cool of Ray Fossey to weigh in. Ken Clay finishing up his warm-up throws right now. And we'll tell you that he actually did a nice job. He came in, got Rudy to ground out to short, Bando to ground out to second base. So 7 nothing to score. We'll take that all the way to the bottom of the fourth inning. And i got to jam a lot in here for you guys, so bear with me. There's a lot going on here, and hopefully I can read my scorebook. In the bottom of the fourth, Thurman Munson a walk. Reggie struck out. Chambliss fly deep to right. Panella walked, though, and Nettles with an RBI single to make it 7-1. to one. Roy White would follow up with a triple. We talked about Death Valley in left center. That's what Roy White found. A two-RBI, three-base hit to cut it to 7-3. to three. But then, right away in the top of the fifth, how about a Sal Bando triple? And I got to tell you, there were four triples total in this game, three of them by Oakland. You know, Joe DiMaggio once had three in one game at Yankee Stadium. And I bring all that up because recently, the 2017 Toronto Blue Jays had five in one year. This game that I know is in the throwback league, we got four in one game here. One time when the Yankees played the Tigers, and this was actually in Detroit at Old Navin Field, nine triples in one game between two teams. But you know what I'm going to tell you about right now since we're on the subject a little bit? Just take you down a rabbit hole. How about the back-to-back inside-the-park home runs? at Yankee Stadium here with the Texas Rangers in town in 77. It's appropriate that Ken Clay is in this game now because he was a victim of that in 77. Toby Hara, uh, Toby Hara and Bump Wills were the guys that got it done inside the park home runs at Yankee Stadium on back-to-back plate appearances. It was 4-2 to two Rangers already, seventh inning. Mentioned Ken Clay was in there. He had given up back-to-back singles. Hara stepped in, gave one a long ride to right. Lou Pinella went all out, tried to make a leaping catch at the wall. He crashed into the wall, fell down. Ball started rolling. Two runners scored. George Zeber was playing second base that day. Got the ball back in, but Toby Harris had already scored. And then literally about 45 seconds later, Bump Wills steps in. He drives one to deep center. Mickey Rivers in pursuit. And maybe even got a little bit of a glove on it, but it shot over his head off to his left. Bump just kept on running, made the turn at third. He came in with an inside the Parker. So a second home run of the day for Wills. This one an inside the Parker. But anyway, that's uh, probably one of the more interesting things that ever happened at Yankee Stadium. Let's go now back to the top of the fifth. We mentioned Sal Bando tripled, and Jim Beatty came on to relieve Clay. Campy Campaneras popped out to left. Mangual then an RBI single to make it 8-3. to three. Fossey lined out 
and Green struck out. It stayed 8-3 to the bottom of the sixth. When the Yankees started a little something, Lou Pinella with a base hit. Chris Chambliss flied out to right. Nettles a walk. And then Roy White with a single. That loaded him up. Bucky Dent, a bases loaded walk, cut it to 8-4. to four. Mickey Rivers beating out a fielder's choice made it 8-5. to five. And in a big at bat, Willie Randolph had a chance to actually tie it up, but he grounded out to short. It stayed 8-5 to five at the end of six. Top of the seventh, Campy Campaneris, a one-out walk. Mangual, who had the three-run homer earlier, flied to right. Fossey, a base hit. Green, an RBI base hit from the bottom of the order. That made it 9-5 to five, Oakland. To the bottom of the seventh, Reggie Jackson reaching on, would you believe, a Reggie Jackson error with one out. Seen a lot of Reggie on Reggie in this game. Reggie with a drop fly ball. Lou Pinella with a single to center. Chambliss an RBI ground out. That cut it to 9-6. to six. But in the eighth inning, the uh, the Yankees looking to really get back, and, and they could only shave it down to 9-7. to seven. Raleigh Fingers would come on to pitch after there was a Roy White double to right center and a Bucky Dent pop out. Mickey Rivers a single to right to make it first and third. That's when Raleigh came in. And another big chance for Willie Randolph. He hit into a fielder's choice, made it 9-7. to seven. Munson, the big opportunity, but he flied out to medium deep right, and it closed at 9-7 to seven at the end of 8. Fingers back on the mound for the ninth inning, a 1-2-3 ninth inning. So, yes, it's Oakland with a 9-7 win. The 74 A's are moving on, and this is really something. The A's in many different incarnations here. They just keep winning in this tournament. The 74 team has done it twice. We've seen the other Oakland teams from the late 80s do very well. And the Yankees have yet to win a game. We congratulate Alvin Dark and the seven-seed Oakland Athletics. They dropped the, uh, yeah, the collective Yankees to 0-4 in this tournament right now. The teams from 96, 2000, and 2003 have all lost. So uh, this powerful 78 team going down, the uh, Atlanta Braves are 0-4 this year in the uh, throwback league. Even their one World Series team of 95 lost to the, the 88 A's a couple months back. Oakland teams in this tournament are perfect, so so much for East Coast bias. Let's see if the East Coast can bounce back next week. Our second-round game will have the third-seeded 2004 Red Sox home at Fenway to play the upstart 11-seed, the 77 L.A. Dodgers. And looking at the brackets, these 74 A's headed to the Sweet 16. Their game will be against the winner of the game we just referenced. Again, the, the final at Yankee Stadium here. Thanks to that big seven-run second inning. It was a 74 A's 9, the 78 Yankees 7. And a quick reminder for you, we uh, do encourage you to check out the league website, thethrowbackleague.com. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at thethrowbacklg, short for league. And if you haven't downloaded every single podcast yet, go ahead and do it. But uh, probably easier just to go ahead and subscribe. Do that wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, what have you. And if you'd be kind enough to leave us a nice little review, five stars are certainly better than three or four. That would be really cool of you as well. This is Josh Lewin. As always, appreciate you tuning in to Throwback League Baseball.